0: mom always said you got to put the past behind you before you can move on and i think that's what my running was all about i had run for three years two months 14 days and 16 hours there's a star man waiting in the sky he'd like to come and meet us but he thinks he'd blow our minds there's a I know what you're thinking. What the heck does Forrest Gump and David Bowie have to do with a dinosaur? Well, nothing. But <laughs> just I just wanted to start off the episode. I wanted to have Starman and I wanted to have Forrest Gump on the beginning. I just sought it out and wanted to do it. Plus, I've always thought about a dinosaur and doing research on a dinosaur that very few people know about and that very few people have heard of. And a lot of this is because of Wikipedia, because of Jurassic World and the sites that I've gone to with that respect to divvy up some info on it. it's extremely interesting. And it's one of the only dinosaurs that I know whose name doesn't have the word "saur" on the end of it. It's the Baryonyx. Bary... B A R Y. And Onyx, like you'd think it It's It's spelled the way you think it would be. Baryonyx. It's a genius. Uh, a genius. It's also a genius. <laughs> it's, don't you just love it when you intend to pronounce something one way and you kind of have to go with it once you screw it up? So the Baryonyx is a genus. That's the word I was trying to go for. A theropod dinosaur which lived in the Barremian stage of the early Cretaceous period, about 130 to 125 million years ago. The first skeleton was discovered in 1983 at the Weald Clay Formation of Surrey, England, and became the holotype specimen of Baryonyx walkeri, named by paleontologist Alan J. Cherig, and Angela C. Milner in 1986. The generic name baryonyx means heavy claw and alludes to the animal's very large claw on its first finger. The specific name, Walkeri, refers to its discoverer, amateur fossil collector William J. Walker. The holotype specimen is one of the most complete theropod skeletons from the UK and remains one of the most complete Spinosaurids it is, it is, and its discovery attracted media attention. Specimens later discovered in other parts of the, of the UK and Iberia have also been assigned to the same genus. The Baryonyx holotype specimen, which may not have been fully grown, was estimated to have been between 7.5 and 10 meters. About 20, I'm unsure on the number here, 24, 24 25, and, to thir- and 33 feet long, and to have weighed between 1.2 and 1.7 metric tons. Baryonyx had a long, low, and narrow snout, which has been compared to that of a garial, gharial, G H A R I A L, which I'm kind of fuzzy on what a what a what a garial or a gariel is. Anyone who knows feel free to feel free to fill me in and tip me off. I'm not a little uh I'm a little vague on that. The tip of the snout expanded to expanded to the size and the shape of a of a rosette. Behind this, the upper jaw had a notch which fitted into the lower jaw. It had <clears throat> It it had a triangular crest on the top of its nasal bones. Baryonyx had a large number of of finely serrated conical teeth, with the largest teeth in front. The neck formed an S-shape, and the neural spines of its dorsal vertebrae increased in height from the front to the back. Sorry, i got a whole fleet of frogs in my throat. (laughs) One elongated neural spine indicates it may have had a hump or ridge along the center of its back. It had robust forelimbs with the eponymous eponymous first finger claw measuring about 31 centimeters long, or 12 inches long. It is thought that the baryonyx's jaw... The baryonyx is an ancestor, a very, very distant ancestor of modern crocodiles, because a lot of the jaws are very similar, and they had had a <clears throat> had a lot of very similarities, various similarities to that. Now recognized as a member of the family Spinosauridae, baryonyx affin- affinities were obscure when it was discovered. Some researchers researchers have suggested. The Sukosaurus I can't even pronounce this name. Sukosaurus K C L T R I D E N is a senior synonym and that Sukomimus Suchom- belongs in the same genus. Subsequent authors have kept them separate. Baryonyx was the first theropod dinosaur demonstrated to have been have been fish eating. As evidenced by fish scales and larger prey, oh, I read my notes out of context there. As evidenced by fish scales found in the stomach region of the of the holotype specimen, it may also have been an active predator of larger prey and a scavenger, since it has been since it also contained bones of a juvenile iguanodonid. The creature. <clears throat> The creature would have caught and processed its prey primarily with its forelimbs and large claws. Baryonyx may have had semi aquatic habits and coexisted with other theropod, ornithopod, and sauropod dinosaurs, as well as pterosaurs, crocodiles, turtles, and fishes in a fluvial environment. In January of 1983, when, when the British plumber and amateur fossil collector William J. Walker explored the smokejacks pit, a clay pit in the wheeled clay formation near Auckley in Surrey, England, he found a rock wherein he discovered a large claw. But after piecing it together at home, he realized the tip of the claw was missing. When Walker returned to the same spot in the pit some weeks later and found the missing part after searching for an hour, he also found a phalanx bone and part of a rib. Walker's son-in-law later brought the claw to the Natural History Museum of London, where it was examined by the British paleontologists Alan J. Cherig and Angela C. Milner, who identified as being, being belonging to a theropod dinosaur. The paleontologists found more bone fragments at the site in February, but the entire skeleton could not be collected until May and June due to weather conditions at the pit and a team of eight museum staff members and several volunteers excavated two metric tons of a rock of a rock matrix in 54 blocks over a three-week period. Walker donated the claw to the museum and the Oakley brick company who were the owners of the pit they donated the rest of the skeleton and provided the equipment. The area had had been explored for 200 years, but no similar remains had been found previous. Most of the bones collected were encased in siltstone nodules surrounded by fine sand and silt with the rest lying in clay. The bones were disarticulated and scattered over a 5 by 2 meter, or 16.4 by 6.6 foot area, but most were not far from their natural positions. The position of some bones were distributed by a bulldozer, and some were broken by mechanical equipment before they could be collected. Preparing the specimen was difficult, due to the hardness of the siltstone matrix, and the presence of sidertrite, S-I-D-E-R-I-T-E. Acid preparation was, in, was attempted but most of the matrix was removed mechanically. <clears throat> it took six years of almost constant preparation to get all the bones out of the rock and by the end dental tools and air mallets had to be used under a microscope. The specimen represents about 65% of the skeleton and consists of partial skull bones Several other bones whose medical names I'm going to totally screw up, so I'm not going to even attempt it. <clears throat> In 1986, Sherig and Milner named a new genus and species with a skeleton as a holotype specimen, calling it, obviously, the Baryonyx Walkeri. The generic name derives from Ancient Greek. The specific name honors Walker for discovering the specimen. At the time, the authors did not know if the large claw belonged to the hand or the foot of the animal. <clears throat> the dinosaur had been presented earlier the same year during a lecture at a conference about dinosaur systematics in Drumheller, Canada. During the Due to ongoing work on the bones, they called their article, primarily and promised a more detailed description at a later date. Baryonyx was the first large early Cretaceous theropod found anywhere in the world by that time. Before the discovery of baryonyx, the last significant theropod find in the UK was in 1871, and in a 1986 interview Sherrod called called Baryonyx the best find of the century in Europe. Baryonyx was widely featured in international media and was nicknamed Claws by journalists punning on the title of the film Jaws. Its discovery was the subject of a nineteen eighty seven BBC documentary, and a cast of the skeleton is mounted at the Natural History Museum in London. In nineteen ninety seven Scherig and Milner published a monograph describing the holotype skeleton in detail. The holotype specimen remains the most completely known spinosaurid skeleton today. Fossils from other parts of the UK and Iberia, mostly isolated teeth, have subsequently been attributed to baryonyx or similar animals. Isolated teeth and bones from the Isle of Wight including hand bones, reported in 1998 and their vertebra, reported by the British paleontologist Steve Hutt and Penny Newberry in 2004, have been attributed to this genus. In in 2017, the British paleontologist Martin Munt and colleagues reported cranial remains of two baryonyx individuals from the Isle of Wight and stated that they would be examined and described in the future. A maxilla, a maxilla fragment from La, from, Leo, from La Rioja, Spain was examined and described was exam- was attributed to baryonyx sorry, got screwed up on my notes yet again but was attributed to the baryonyx by Spanish paleontologists in 1999 a post-orbital squamosol tooth vertebral remains metacarpals which are hand bones, and a phalanx deposit in in Burgos province Spain were attributed to immature baryonyx by the Spanish paleontologist Carolina Fuentes Vidarte and colleagues. Dinosaur tracks near Burgos have also been suggested to belong to baryonyx or a smaller theropod. In 2011 a specimen from the Paposico formation in Boca do Champim, Portugal. Sorry for butchering that word there. With a fragmentary dentary teeth, vertebra, ribs, hip bone and a scapula and a phalanx bone was attributed to Baryonyx by the Port- Portuguese paleontologist Octavio Matias and his colleagues and their colleagues. the the most complete Iberian remains of the animal. The skeletal remains of the specimen are also represented in the more complete holotype, except for the mid neck vertebrae. In 2018, the British paleontologist Thomas Arden and colleagues found that the Portuguese skeleton did not belong to baryonyx, since the front of its dentary bone was not strongly upturned. Some additional spinosaurid remains from Iberia may belong to taxa and other than baryonyx. Describe the v i l v i v a l l i b o n a v e n a t r i x. Example of things these do they they do these days with giving things that they don't really have a good name for. Like you know they couldn't come up with a name for T-Rex, even though. T. Rex means means tyrant king, or king lizard. Um, Tyrannosaurus tyrant. Rex means king. Duh. So, for those people who didn't know, I had to throw that in. In 2003, Milner noted that some teeth at the Natural History Museum previously identified as belonging to the genera su- and the Megalosaurus probably belonged to Baryonyx. The type species of Sucasaurus was named by the British biologist Richard Owen in 1841 based on the teeth discovered by the British geologist Gideon Mantell in, in Tilgate Forest, Sussex. Owen originally thought the teeth to have belonged to a crocodile. He was yet to name the group Dinosauria, which happened, to the, which happened the following year. A second species was named by the French paleontologist Henri-Emile Sauvage in 1897, based on jaw fragments and a tooth from Boca do Champim, Portugal. In 2007, the French paleontologist Eric Bouffoutat considered the teeth very similar to those of baryonyx, except for the stronger development of the tooth crown flutes. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of differences where they think one thing. See, a lot of things throughout time, people have thought that skeletons or things that they've dug up looks like baryonyx or resembles things that, that were like him or like it. And it turns out to not be the case. Or they turned to be a little off on it. Or it turns out they were a little off on it, which is kind of odd. And baryonyx is estimated, this stuff I know, you know, stuff I was saying earlier, stuff that's logged in my brain that I can't get out. Baryonyx is estimated to have been between 7 and 10 meters, roughly 25 and 33 feet long, and 8.2 feet in hip height, and to have weighed between 1 and 1.9 tons. The the, The fact that elements of the skull and vertebral column of the B. Walkiri holotype specimen do not appear to have coossified ossified or, or fused suggests that the individual was not fully grown and the mature animal may have been much larger. On the other hand, the specimen's fused sternum indicates that it may have been mature. The skull of baryonyx is incompletely, is incompletely known. And much of the middle and thir- middle and hind portions are not preserved. The full length of the skull is, em- is estimated to have been, be- have been 91 to 95 centimeters, or 36 to 37 inches long, based on comparison with that of the related genus, Sucomimamus, It was elongated and the front 17 or 6.7 inches. ...of the premaxillae formed a long, narrow, and low snout. It's... A lot of the baryonyx, like I had said earlier, is very, very similar. The, the jaws to, to crocodiles. And it has been thought that baryonyx was, like I said, an uh, ancestor of crocodiles... Now a lot of exhibits between a lot of things that have existed in the Baryonyx, a lot of a lot of things about the Baryonyx don't correctly translate to Crocs, but there's similarities that that bear resemblance, and it had a rudimentary second palate similar to crocodiles, but unlike most theropod dinosaurs. A roughly wrinkled surface suggests the presence of of a horny pad in the roof of its mouth. The nasal bones were fused, which distinguished baryonyx from other spinosaurids, and a sagittal crest was present above the eyes, on the upper midline of the nasals. This crest was triangular, narrow, and sharp in its front part, and was distinct from those of other spinosaurids, An ending in, an ending in, in ending hind wards in the cross-shaped process. I don't know why my tongue just, just completely wrapped around that and I could not, could not get the word out. Look, the lacrimal bone in front of the eye appears to have formed a horn similar to those seen, for example, in, everyone knows, well, almost everyone knows of the Allosaurus and was distinct from other Spinosaurids in being solid and almost triangular. The occiput was narrow, with the preoccipital processes pointing outwards horizontally, and the goid processes were lengthened, descending far below the lowermost bone of the occiput. There's a lot of... a lot of... A lot of inconsistencies and most of the teeth found within the holotype specimen were not in articulation with the skull. A few remained in the upper jaw and only a small replacement teeth were still borne by the lower jaw. The teeth had the shape of recurved cones where, where slightly flattened from sideways The teeth. Let me reread that because that's all jumbled up from my notes here and from and from Wikipedia slash Jurassic Park slash Jurassic World. The teeth had the shape of recurved cones, were slightly were slightly flattened from sideways, and their and their curvature was almost uniform. The roots were very long and tapered towards their extremity. The carinae, or the sharp front and back edges of the teeth were finely serrated, finely serrated with denticles on the front and back and extended along the crown. There were around six to eight denticles per millimeter, a much larger number than the large boiled-bodied theropods like, like Tervos, Tervosaurus and T-Rex. Some of the teeth were fluted in six to eight ridges along the length of their inner sides had fine grain enamel, while others bore no flutes. Their presence is probably related to to position or ontogeny. Initially thought to have lacked the sigmoid curve typical of theropods, the neck of the baryonyx does appear to have formed an S-shape, though straighter than, than in other theropods. The the cervical vertebrae of the neck tapered towards the head and became progressively longer front to back. Their their, their processes that connected the vertebrae were flat, and their processes to which neck muscles were attached were well-developed. The axis was small relative to the size of the skull and had well-developed hyposphene. The neural arches of the cervical vertebrae were not always sutured with the, with the centra, the bodies of the vertebrae is what the centra is, and the neural spines were low and thin. The cervical ribs were short, similar to those of crocodiles, and possibly overlapped each other somewhat. The centra of the dorsal vertebrae of the back were similar in size. In their original description, Scherig and Milner found Baryonyx unique enough to warrant a new family of theropod dinosaurs, Baryonicidae. They found Baryonyx to be unlike any other theropod group, and considered the possibility that it was, that it was a thecodunt. A thecodunt is a group of early archosaurs now considered unnatural, due to having apparently primitive features but noted that the articulation of the maxilla and premaxilla maxilla were similar to that of a dilophosaur. Now, if anyone wants to know what a dilophosaur was, the closest representation of what a dilophosaur was, was if you remember Jurassic Park, when Wayne Knight, Dennis Nedry, was taking the embryos that were, that were smuggled inside the shaving can he was he stole them and he ran out to the Jeep and he crashed the Jeep over an embankment into a tree and the and the shaving cream came out and he was attacked by a dinosaur. That dinosaur was a Dilophosaurus. They also and they the Dilophosaurs which I'll do another episode on. Dilophosaurs did do that. That was pretty accurate how they were depicted. They had a crest, or, like, I often immediately started equating them to being kind of like a peacock. The way the crest, or the way the things fanned down around their head, that was very accurate. And they spit venom that would immobilize the prey, or whatever they were attacking. And that was just the, that was the way to do it. That was the way they did it. And the, But the baryonyx was assigned to the family Spinosaurid by... by Take in 19... It doesn't say a first name again. It just says Take in 1984. And my notes just screwed up here. So bear with me while I'm trying to bring my notes back up. God bless Google. Just when you're trying to do something, it totally screws up what you're taking notes on. But Discoveries... There it is. Discoveries in the 1990s shed more light on the relationships of baryonics and its relatives... In 1996, a snout from Morocco was referred to, was referred to Spinosaurus, and Aradar and A-N-G-A-T-U-R-A-M-A from Brazil. See, that's why I spell out words. If I can't pronounce them, I'm going to spell it out and let you try to pronounce it, because I'm going to screw it up, and I don't want to, I don't want to do that. I want to get it as right as I can. In their description of Suchomimus, Sereno and colleagues placed it in Baryonyx in the new subfamily baryonicinae within with, within Spinosauridae. Spinosaurs and Irator were placed in the subfamily Spinosaurinae. Baryonicinae was distinguished by the small size and large number of teeth in the dentiary behind the terminal rosette. A lot of... See, here here it goes with a lot of medical terms that... Kind of, like... Huh? Spinosaurids appear to have been widespread from the Barremian to the, the... To the Cinnamonian stages of the Cretaceous period. About 130 to 95 million years ago. While the oldest known Spinosaurid remains, remains to date to the Middle Jurassic. They shared... Features such as long, narrow, crocodile like skulls, subcircular teeth with fine to no serrations, the terminal rosette of the snout, and a secondary palate that made them more resistant to, to torsion. In contrast, the primitive and typical condition of the theropods was a tall, narrow snout with blade like teeth and serrated carinae. The skull adaptations of Spinosaurids converge with those of crocodilians. Early members of the latter group had skulls similar to typical theropods, later developing elongated snouts, conical teeth, and secondary palates. If you kind of, I kind of get that. If you kind of picture a croc in your head and what the baryonyx was, you can see, you understand and you can see the similarities between the two. You can see how one is related to the other. The snouts, the teeth, the bite force. You can, you can get that. And, and one of the other paleontologists, Sereno, and colleagues proposed in 1998 that the large thumb and claw, the large thumb claw and robust forelimbs of Spinosaurids evolved in the middle Jurassic before the elongation of the skull and other adaptations related to fish-eating. Since the former features are shared with their megalosaurid relatives, they also suggest that the spinosaurines and Baryonicanase diverged before the Barymian age of the early Cretaceous. Now, a lot of... a lot of... It may not have existed around the same time that the T-Rex did, or it may have existed somewhat at the same time, but not have come in direct contact with it. It's just a lot of this is just extremely interesting. And a lot of people don't know as much as I have, and I have been able to research and dig up. Is is very interesting about the Baryonyx. Not much is known. A lot of what of my favorite one of my favorite creatures. Of the prehistoric world was I, I I love me some raptors. I've always said that in several posts. I love me some raptors. But one of the things that's very, very interesting was the was the Mosasaur and the Baryonyx. Because very few people know about it. And it's just extremely interesting. So I hope I've helped a little bit. I've hoped I've been able to dig some stuff up. And this all stuff was very, very interesting to me. So thank you all so much for hanging around. Thanks for listening. Stick around for a little bit more on the end here. Want to check out the best podcast and best YouTube channel out there? True, true friends of this podcast. Check out Fantastic Cruising over on Apple Podcasts and all your favorite podcasting devices and services. Give them a five-star review. Head on over to YouTube. Look up Fantastic Studios. Give them a five-star review and give them comments. They'll love that to death. They are the greatest podcast out there. Give them a shout-out. Want to check out the greatest storytelling podcast out there? Want to ride to Hogwarts with Hagrid? Check out Common Room Talk on all the major podcast platforms. Tony tells you a story that will pull you in. You will be impressed and you will love it all the time. Want to go to Vegas? Visit the best places. All around the Strip and all around downtown, and all around the surrounding areas, check out the best vlogs for Vegas anywhere on YouTube at Brar Frederick over on YouTube B R O R, Frederick F R E D R I K over on YouTube. Go over to Brar Frederick, subscribe to his channel, click that bell icon, click that, hit those those like those like up thumbs. Give, give Bra a follow, give Bra a look, you'll really love what you're seeing. He's an awesome streamer, the best Vegas streamer, and the best thing to watch while you're in Vegas, before you go to Vegas, just to experience Vegas as a whole.